0: So we're going to talk today about the power of his resurrection, amen, the power of his resurrection, how the power of God is different now, that he's been raised from the dead and, and conquered every every uh, problem of humanity. Um, as a man, Jesus came to, to the earth as a human being, and he uh, went through all of the things that human beings go through. Uh, Every fatigue, every temptation, every crazy thing people try to do to you when you want to live for God. So we have an example there in the flesh of how to be victorious in life. But then when he went to the cross, he conquered uh, the enemy on our behalf. And it was for us. You know, he already had power over Satan. What did he tell the disciples? You know, they came back. You know, people get all excited because devils obey them. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus rebuked them, and he said, "Uh uh-uh, don't get excited about that. He said, the devil has no power. I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. Amen? Amen. So he has no power, but he said, get excited about the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. That's, that's the harder thing to accomplish is living for God every day of your life. You know, there's so many people start out, uh, living for God and, and, uh, fall away. You know, that's a very common thing to happen. Uh, there are people that just somehow they let the enemy talk them out of. Being faithful to somebody who gave his life for them. You know, if you're not going to be faithful to that person, who are you going to be? What are you looking to be faithful to? Amen? Probably to themselves. There's something they think they want that God doesn't want them to have. Well, amen? Because if you live by faith, you know you have everything. You know, it's so often you know, my mind will drift off onto something and then he, he, God will just pull me back into where it's supposed to be. That constant presence, that ever, ever uh vigilant Holy Spirit guarding us, comforting us, strengthening us, doing all the things that he does, he's just so consistent at it. And, and it's good to, to look for that as a comfort, not as, uh, you know, something that you don't want to be involved in. And so it's always a good thing to understand God and understand uh, what He's doing, understand His ministry to us. Uh, He is yet revealing Himself to us in so many great ways. And, and I just believe it's, it's, It's our responsibility and should be our joy to pursue the things of God, to pursue what God has for us, and to know what the life uh, dedicated to the Lord is all about. Uh, There's no two ways about this life. You can't be partially dedicated or partially involved in the things of God. He's a 100% God. You know, you're just fooling yourself if you think you you can do certain things and you don't have to do certain things. If God requires it, uh, he gives you the the power to do it. And it's good for you to do these things. It's good to live holy. It's good to live a righteous life. It's good to live a a life of peace and a life of joy. And so those are the things that he offers us. It's not something that you're being deprived of something because you can't sin anymore how crazy can a person be but that's really what it amounts to sin means missing the mark you know there's a mark set for you by god and he doesn't want us to miss it he gives you the power to hit the target every single time and and this is really what the christian life is all about it's about living for god and living in the joy and the appreciation for what he's done he's taken all the penalty off the table for your misbehavior you know, he's taken all the crooked places out of your life and made them straight. Nobody's out there trapping you and, and trying to hinder you or anything like that. He's made that a straight way for you. And and so we, we have to appreciate all of that and honor that and, and understand that, that God has given us all power. Amen? Because all power has been given to Him. So if you'll turn to Matthew chapter 28... It's probably a place to start. You always got to start somewhere, you know. <laughs> and this is after Jesus was raised from the dead and he had appeared. Uh Jerusalem was a hopping place <laughs> after he died because there's all kinds of supernatural things still going on. I like that about the Lord. You know, the the uh, religious group at the temple thought they had killed him. They thought they were done with him as a problem. And then all of a sudden, evidences start popping up that he was alive. Amen. Like saints of old getting up out the grave and walking around. Amen. Probably through the door. Just show up at your house for breakfast. Somebody's been dead for 20, 30, 100, 200 years. <laughs> Just show up at your house for breakfast. It's amazing. You know, um, these are proofs of his resurrection. They are proof, and they're proof of, of the, the body of Christ that we were crucified with him and raised up in him. Amen? We're in Christ all the time. And then there are those who are yet to come and that's us. Amen. We're raised up too. We are his body. We go where he goes. Amen. It's a marvelous thing to have that supernatural available to us. We don't have to be harassed by natural situations. We can just coast, be peaceful, be, be gentle, be kind, be all of those things. But then when we need to get bold and confident in God and chase the devil, we can do that too. Amen? And so uh, it's, it's just amazing what the resurrection life and power of Christ. And we're still getting accustomed to it. We're still getting familiar with it. We're still learning about it. And we're still getting the benefit of it. And we'll be doing that throughout eternity. And when you get to heaven, you still learn. Amen? Because you're in the presence of Jesus and you're being transformed still. Amen? Every day we're being transformed. And when you get to heaven, that doesn't stop. Amen? There are people that that get saved on their deathbed and they've got to learn about God. They have no knowledge of him. So when they get to heaven, they're able to learn. Amen? They're able to understand more. And that's the same thing for us, those of us who are <clears throat> mature And (laughs) knowledgeable. (laughs) So we're still learning too. Amen. We're learning to be learners if nothing else. So amen. So Matthew uh, 28, it says in verse 16, the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, "All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Therefore, in in that power, go, in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. In other words, uh, the in my name, you go. You do these things in and in, in my power. You go. My name." There's power in my name. My name is, 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 is that power. And he says, in that name begin to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So what we live, we teach others to live. Don't ever soft pedal the gospel. Don't ever soft pedal what God has given you. Amen. Um, it's not up to you to alter the word of God. It's not up to you to try to make it easy for somebody you know you you'll lead them in error he says teach them to observe all things whatsoever i've commanded you and lo i am with you always even unto the end of the world so he's with us always and at all times in other words jesus is saying don't be afraid i'll back you up Don't be concerned. I'll back you up with that power. I'll begin to manifest that word that you preach to people. I'll begin to tell people that what you are saying is correct. They'll get a witness in their spirit of my goodness and, and the truth of what you're speaking. And so he wants us to understand that we are not lacking in power. That was one of the first things he revealed to the disciples. That that there is no power that's ever going to be able to stop you from going forth and in, in doing what I've commanded you to do. Do that in my name. Go and know that I'm with you. Go and know that that my power is with you always. Amen. Go in that power of my resurrection, and and allow me to begin to manifest that power through you. Amen. Uh, you don't have to to um try and fight your way into an open door. You know, I I just just wish people could get a piece about that sometimes. You know, you see people all upset and, and wanting to be used by God and you know your turn will come. Just be ready when your turn comes. Amen. Let him find you being obedient. Let him find you being diligent. Let him find you being faithful. To whatever it is he's given you to do thus far. You know, people always, I want to be used by God. When then you start, people start using you, then you're upset about being used. (laughs) Then you want to say, we don't know your gift. Huh? I mean, you know, that may be true, but that won't stop a person from obeying God on your behalf. We don't know a lot of people's gifts. (laughs) we know what needs to be done and we need know if God tells us to ask somebody to do it and that's about as far as it needs to go I don't need to study your gift and try to be God in your life let me leave that alone amen I know everybody's capable of praying for the sick that's in here you know, maybe you haven't had much opportunity, but we try to provide those opportunities for you. Everybody can have success doing the believer's ministry, but it's up to you to believe God to open doors. It's up to you to believe and quit being scared of your crazy relatives. If, if he can get us out of fear in a lot of situations, he'll be able to use us. Well, I mean, you know, It's just true anyway. It really is. I remember when God told me to start having all my family over at Thanksgiving. He said, and watch what I do. And, you know, it's like first Thanksgiving, I'm watching. Don't really see much. Second Thanksgiving, I'm watching. Don't really see much third Thanksgiving, four on the 15th Thanksgiving you hear what I'm Number 15. 15 years. Thanksgiving don't come every week. He told me, he said, I'm releasing you from this assignment. He says, what I want it done in your family is done. So I don't have any fear concerning any of them. You got me? Not one, because I know what God told me to do. Now, are, is everybody? I don't watch people for their behavior, and I hope y'all don't watch me for mine. <laughs> Every minute, you understand what I'm saying? I go by what God says and in the inner witness. Amen. Thankfully, he shows me evidence here and there. Everybody, you know, you go on their little Facebook pages. They got crazy stuff on there, the young ones, but they in church on Sunday. You got me? They lift up Jesus. They say they're praying for people when you see little comments they make. And, you know, I'm praying for you. and People don't say that just to say it. Especially when you have respect for God. You're not going to put yourself in there doing something you know you're not doing. And so, you know, little things like that. But if I never saw anything, I still believe God that that what he wanted me to do, as far as they're concerned, is done. Amen? And so we have to understand how God will use us in that power. What did I do? Did I preach to people every time? No, we say grace over the food. And they knew they were going to say grace. And there was nobody there that protested. And want to pray to Buddha, Allah, none of that stuff. You got me? They wore their dreads and talked a lot of crazy stuff, but they didn't. You understand what I'm saying? We walk by faith and not by sight. But they knew we were going to pray over the food. They knew if, if somebody had a complaint about something, I would stop and pray for them. They understand the rules. This is a Christian home. Amen. And, and so we have to hold that standard and you don't have to force anything on anybody. You know, I would have, you know, some of the little, little friends, girlfriends that the nephews had. Well, I, I got cramps. You got any? I said, honey, I ain't seen a mite all in so long. Decades. I said, but I will pray for you. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just that simple. You've just got to obey God and be yourself in God. Don't try to jump up and be something you're not on a Monday through Friday basis and, and be that on Thanksgiving. You got me? Just just be authentic in God. Be what He called you to be every single day. Amen? And He will open doors for you. And and so so When we talk about resurrection power, that's it. It's a power above every power. There is no power stronger than the power that works in us right now as believers. All power is given to him and he delegated it to us. You have as much power as you need in every situation. And you can't talk up more. You can't conjure up more. You understand what I'm saying? Now there's some things people do to maintain the temple. You know what I'm saying? It just, yeah. for me, you know, it works for me to skip a meal here and there. Or if, if I don't feel led to eat, I don't eat. You got me? But, but when I do, I tend to eat too much. That's just life. You understand what I'm saying? I'm working on it though. You understand? I'm working on it. Everybody's working on, say, I'm working on it. We all working on something. Amen. Don't ever get into condemnation about what you're working on. You got it open. It's open between you and God. He knows what you want to do. He knows how you want to handle yourself. He approves of you all the time. He's not holding anything against you. We need to lighten up off ourselves sometimes, you know. We would get more done for God if. Well, do that. Do your if. You know, quit talking about what you would do more of. Amen. And so, harnessing the power, understanding the power, engaging with God in power is really what what our quest is as believers. Amen. Jesus gave, gave us as the church a commandment right here. Is to go. Now that all power has been given to you. Go ye therefore. Ye is everybody. Amen. Go y'all therefore. And, and begin to preach and teach all nations. Amen. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This baptism is unto repentance and commitment to God. Amen. So he was talking to the church proper. In, in Mark 16, though, at the end of that chapter, he's talking specifically to believers. Amen. So there's a commandment here. This was to the disciples, the 11. So they were setting up the structure of the church. So baptism is a commandment to all ministers amen to baptize people when they come into repentance amen you know unfortunately we haven't had opportunity or occasion to baptize people I tell him I said if you can go somewhere and get it go get it amen we just have never had the facility for it and I've asked God about it many many times and I just finally got tired of asking him he said well just release them to get that he said there are other people baptizing amen you know you have to have Good connections with churches. We've always been persecuted by most of them. You know, if you don't have a friendly church to go to, don't go to one where they're going to tell your people negative things about you. And You understand what I'm saying? And so these are things that you have to understand. God is aware of it, and he's made preparations to make up the difference for that. Amen? And so I just believe that. And so, you know, we we do what we know to do. You get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can go out and minister. Amen. You can witness to people. All of those things. You, you can do those things. And so the Holy Spirit baptism is something that Jesus commanded as well. To, to receive the power from on high. In fact, He forbade them to preach to anybody until after the day of Pentecost. When they receive that full power. And so you have full power when you have, have the, the gift of tongues and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, so just begin to build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you the things of God. Allow Him to Encourage you and increase you in strength and power and all of the things that you need because this is a gift to the church. Amen. And so it is a requirement for those to, to, for power from on high. Amen. Other than that, you're, you're just not receiving the fullness of what God has for you and you want all power. You want all gifts working. You want everything that, that Jesus died to give you. You want that you don't want doctrine to hold you back or unbelief to hold you back or pride to hold you back none of that you want to yield totally to what god has for you so so um uh jesus in his resurrection when he came and visited his disciples he set up the structure for the church he set up that that people would receive the power from on high so in after he was Raised from the dead, the equipment for the church started to be released to them. The manifestation of, of the preaching and the, the, uh, um, uh, miracles and signs and wonders is very evident in the book of Acts. That's why it's called Acts. Because it's the Acts of the believers and the early church. And then the acts of God in response to what they did, in response to what they said. And so when we see that, uh, going on, come on, you ladies come back in here, okay? After church is fine for that. This isn't the time for that. Amen. You don't walk away from the word. I don't care what's going on. So, amen. Give, give this your full attention. Amen. Alright, thank you. So, so God wants us to, to be the church and to preach the gospel. Now our responsibility is the preaching. His responsibility is the signs that follow the manifestation. It says that in, I think in the end of Mark, it said they went forth preaching the gospel everywhere and the Lord confirmed his word with signs following amen and so the um yeah it says here in mark 16 verse 19 so then after the lord had spoken to them he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of god that's the place of power amen that's the place of authority and they went forth and preached everywhere the lord working with them through the power of the Holy Spirit, through resurrection power, and confirming the word with signs following. So the word gets confirmed by God. We preach the word in faith. We cannot cause that word to manifest. We cannot cause it to be confirmed. That's totally up to God. So we're our responsibility is to go forth and continue to preach in faith. And allow the Lord the honor and the dignity of confirming that word and sanctioning what we do. Uh, he is saying, this one belongs to me. This one is preaching my truth. This person is doing what I've called them to do. And the evidence of that is that I confirm it with the sign of the manifestation of what they just told you would happen. Amen. Always speak what God tells you to speak. Amen. 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 If you go to pray for somebody, just say, well, God wants you healed. He wants you well. Why don't you let me pray for you? Amen. And, and don't try to go beyond that. Don't try to give them a prophecy about getting rich. Just, just meet the need. Amen. If you look at the way Jesus ministered to people, He, He made sure He knew what they wanted. Somebody comes up to you blind, don't assume they want their eyes opened. You got me? You need to find out where their faith is. What do you want me to do for you? I want to pray for you. What do you need? Amen? Allow them to express their faith and express that need to you so that you can, can, you, they can, you can be in agreement with them. You can be on one accord. And then God will answer that based on the laws of prayer, you know, a prayer of agreement, prayer of faith, uh, whatever it is that, that's, that you're operating in, uh, God will honor that and he will cause that thing to manifest. So when Jesus said, all power is given to me, you can pray for anything. You can pray for their health. You can pray for them to be born again. You can pray for them to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You can pray for them for family members, for anybody that, that they, they, some people have burdens on their hearts for people. You know? Some people just wanted, there was a woman that was, came and sat with us and uh, she was telling us she was getting ready to go on a trip to visit her family members. And she wasn't sick. There was nothing else going on in her life. So I would be silly to sit up there and try to call out illness on her when all she wants is to have safe travels. You know? And, and so we did pray for her, for her to, to be able to go and visit all of her relatives. She said that, that she had money coming in and, and she was living by herself now, but she didn't want to see her family members. How many of you know some things are more important than money? Amen. (laughs) Good relationships with family members. Amen. And the Lord did give me a word for her that provision would be there. He said he just wants you to step out and go. And as you go, he'll provide for you. And she just smiled. See what I'm saying? She maybe had enough to get started but wasn't sure about the rest. And so God knows. Amen. He knows. He knows everything. And so it's just good to stick with what he gives you. But when he says all power is given to me, it's the power to do good, it's the power to, to resist evil, and the power to overcome. Amen. All of those things are wrapped up in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, so, the power of his resurrection. So there were some opportunities for Jesus to demonstrate this power. Uh, when he was on earth. And so I thought it'd probably be good for us to go over to uh, John chapter 11 at the tomb of Lazarus so we can see how resurrection power was introduced to the people of God. Now when Jesus would tell the disciples that he was going to die and he would be raised from the dead, that didn't go over real well with them. In fact, most of them didn't believe it. Peter told him to his face, no, you're not going to die. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He said, you're not thinking about the things of God. You're thinking about yourself right now. Amen. He, you know, everybody has dreams and plans and hopes. And, you know, it's not uncommon for us to work God into our dream. Instead of working ourself into his dream for us. We tend to want to hold on to what we think is important to do, and then we want God to honor that. And Jesus was showing them, you have no idea what's coming. And he's trying to prepare them for what they all had to face about him and what they all had to endure. And it's it's pretty evident that almost none of them believed what he was saying. He said, I'm going to be handed over to the the chief priests and the Pharisees, and I'm going to be put to death. I'm going to die, but I'll be raised up on the third day. Amen. Well, they didn't want to hear any of it. Certainly not that he's going to die. We were hoping that you were going to overthrow Caesar and you were going to make me the chief, your chief boy, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're looking for an earthly kingdom. And Jesus all the time is they're working in supernatural power. But yet they still crave the earthly. That shouldn't, that shouldn't surprise us so much. Look at us. It's not hard to lure people away from the things of God just dangling a little earthly carrot in front of them. All you gotta do is have somebody come up to you and say, God's gonna put you in front of millions of people and give you millions of dollars and boy, you walking off after the millions where before, day before, you were praying to ask God to just lead you to one soul that needed to be saved. It's very easy. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart diligently. In fact, it says, with all diligence. Amen. In other words, do whatever you need to do to keep evil from manifesting in your heart, desiring the wrong thing, getting caught up in stuff. Amen. Uh, guard it diligently. Make sure that you, you understand your own heart. Things that you, you, you desire can creep in there so easily. Sometimes you're wanting the right thing in the wrong way. It's, trips christians up all the time amen or you want what you want when you want it and it's too soon for where god has it on your schedule you got me <laughs> you look down the road years later and you're there and you say whoa whoa i've been believing for this for x number of years you know too soon so you get there is is what god wants all of us to know you'll get there and you'll get there the way i want you to get there in your time amen and in in the right way and so uh, the foreshadowing of jesus's resurrection was this raising of lazarus from the tomb amen raising him up from the dead now there is a a a, a an instance where jesus raised a young man up uh he it was a funeral procession and jesus stopped it um, because his mother... and See, these things are foreshadowings. Uh, they're not situations that that rested on him all the time. They were demonstrations of things that would come in the future. For instance, having compassion on that woman who had lost her only son is a foreshadowing of what he would feel for his own mother while he was dying on the cross. Amen? And And showing compassion... That he raised her son up means that I am going to be raised up too, mom. You know what I'm saying? Uh, don't let this, this what's going to happen to me, uh, discourage you in any way. I'm, I'm doing it for a good purpose. Amen. Laying my life down. So, so that was Jesus and that was his purpose. He's the only person that was born to die. We're all born to live eternally. Our purpose is to live. When, when God created man in the garden, He created him to live forever, not to die. Jesus was born for the purpose of dying. Amen? And, and showing humanity what it would be like to live for God in the flesh. Amen? To demonstrate that for us, and so so once we we start understanding how uh, Jesus was was teaching people all the time, teaching them about the kingdom. What's the kingdom like? What's it going to be like? Uh, uh, you know, for us. And and they knew he wouldn't live forever, not not in that state that he was in. But what would happen in the future, they had no idea. So here we have Jesus preparing them for what would take place in the future. So in uh, John 11 in verse 1 says a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary, same Mary, which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. So in it looks like that's really a future event because one chapter over is when that really happens. Amen. And so so he says here, uh, it was that Mary, therefore his sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. So this sickness is going to give God glory. It's not unto death. A sickness from which people die really does not give God any glory. You know, people will say things like death is a form of healing, and, you know, that's because you don't know how to pray for the sick is why you say that. You know, let people who know how to do that, to give give your people a chance to live. Don't, you know, anybody can die. We're all subject to death. You understand what I'm saying? But to live in spite of what they say about your condition, that's the challenge. Amen? But it's not too big of a challenge for God. And it's not too big of a challenge for us if we'll believe and not let ourselves be robbed of our faith by somebody who's trying to twist and pervert the word amen death is death you got me and 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 it's it's wonderful that people are going to be with the lord when a saved person dies that is a form of a triumph for them you understand because they triumphed over hell so so but for God to be glorified in something that he's planning to do on earth, you've got to see the manifestation. We can't go around here and, and pray and believe halfway and continue to let people die and say glory to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? He wants people to live. Some of them have not lived out the length of their days. Well, they're they're in their 80s. What What business is that of yours? You gonna call time on somebody because of length of years? You don't have any idea what God is planning for those people. You don't have any idea what a person's life is like at that point. Sometimes those people are holding up a whole church, a whole city with their prayers. You don't know what they do in the secret place. You don't know how God's using them. So let's not judge everything, amen? Judging stuff before the time. There'll be plenty of time for judgment later. But he says here, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Now he said that about the young man who was born blind. Remember? He said this is, this is for the glory of God. When they asked, who sinned? He said nobody. That confused most of his disciples as well. Carnal-minded people always going backwards. Well, you can't undo anybody's sin. So you just go forward in faith and glory and let God be glorified when those eyes pop open. Let God be glorified when people get up out the grave. Let God be glorified when sickness is reversed. Amen, and health springs forth, and so that's what we're looking for, Amen. people who want to be healed want to be healed. And so here we have a, when Jesus heard the word was sent to him, and Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard before that he was sick, he stayed where he was for two full days. Amen. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea again. His disciples said to him, Master, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you want to go back? Amen? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If any man walks in the day, he stumbles, not because he, see, he sees the light of this world, But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. These things he said, and after that he said to him, Our friend Lazarus is sleeping, but I'm going that I might wake him up out of sleep. Amen. Now, this is something that Jesus says over several people in similar conditions who are dying. Amen. Remember Jairus' daughter? When Jesus got to the house, he said, she's not dead, she's sleeping. Amen? What's the difference between being dead and sleeping? Huh? He will wake up, but but they're still alive when they're asleep. Now, you got up this morning from sleep right don't look at me all puzzled like it the punchline is not coming okay that was all of it right there now what makes the difference there are some people that are dead and just dead they don't get up there are some death comes upon them and they are asleep Verse 3 and 4. The sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, what did he say? he gone to sleep. What makes the difference? Asking in faith and Jesus receiving it. See, when Jesus says yes to your request, that freezes you right there. You got me? That stops all the forward progress of any destruction, death, or anything else. When he went home, started going home with Jairus, that girl was asleep. She was not dead. Even though death came upon her afterwards, she was awake in Christ. So once he receives your request, it's a live request. He don't let it go dead because death overcomes you and he, he got to do something else before he gets there. You got me? Not that he waits like that for us now, but but those things are illustrations of how a delay doesn't mean anything in your healing. Once you ask in faith and you believe you received it, he's on his way with it for you. You got me? And so time then doesn't mean anything. Time gets suspended once that request is made. That's why it's so very important for us to believe that we have them when we pray. Once we believe we have them, then we've got it. No, no matter what happens in between, you believing you received it and the manifestation of it, you still have it nonetheless. The devil will try and pry your hands off of your promise. He'll get some symptoms going. He'll make it look like it's getting worse, but actually God's working on it. it's getting better. So Lazarus looked like he was getting worse and he looked like he was dead, but he was sleeping. Amen. Death. Then when, when, when you're in Christ and He's received your request, death becomes very temporary. It's not permanent. Faith is what's keeping them people alive. And it's the faith of God now. It's not, He received the request. But when He gets there, watch what happens to all the people, people around there. Amen. People do what people do, but thank God, God is God. He heard it when they asked for it. He said, okay, I'll do it. Oh, he died. I don't care. I'm still going to do it. Amen. That's the way God looks at stuff. Hell look at what happens in between. What happens in between will be a benefit for you if you'll just let him work. See, all those people are going to be terribly, terribly changed in a matter of a couple of days. <laughs> huh? They are. For the better. Amen. So, so he says, he tells them he's sleeping and, and the, the disciples said, Lord, Jesus says, I'm going to go and awake him out of sleep. There's a natural awakening, which we all do every morning, and then there's a supernatural one. It takes resurrection power to do the supernatural one, okay? Now, I don't care how much you, in a coma you get when you go to sleep. It eventually wears off and you wake up. If you're even a little bit normal. It says here, then the disciples said, well, Lord, if he's sleeping, he shall do well. In other words, <laughs> they're still talking in the natural. How be it, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of him taking a rest in sleep. Then said Jesus to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. In my language, sleep in your language, dead. Okay, let's get all on the same page here. And he says, and I'm glad. Jesus ain't scared of nothing and y'all need to know it. <laughs> he can be glad when somebody drops dead. Cause he knows what he has holding on to for them. See, he can be glad when we experience temporary problems and things that we think are supposed to run smooth. <laughs> amen why because we need to find joy in them need to quit taking to our couch every time we hear bad news get ready to pass out oh lord huh when we get the old lords huh it's true He give you that for a minute, but you better straighten yourself back up and get, Lord, Lord I thank you as mine anyway. I thank you coming to my rescue right now. Amen. And he says, he said, I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. Why? Because this is for the glory of God. God decides, if it's the glory of God, he decides the time, the place, the circumstance, all of that. For him to get glory, he says, "I've been getting glory from from healings for long enough down there. I want to get glory out of something else now. So let's do this." And you there biting nails and calling the mourners and the funeral home, trying to look for the insurance in Sean's policy. Oh all of the above. He says, for this reason, to the intent that you may believe. That's very important. Very important. Because, see, we're trying to get million-dollar results on nickel-and-dime faith. Y'all know what I mean. Believe I receive it now. Now! And run off and get it. You've been doing that for a long time now. Huh? So, amen. So so we need to get a little deeper. Dig a little harder. God's not going to let it drive you nuts, even though you think it's driving you nuts now. Wait 10 more days. <laughs> Something else pop up. You can't go nuts every other day. You gotta stay in faith. You gotta stay, you gotta find a way to stay in peace. It's like, God, if I could just raise, uh, you know, three more feet above this, I'll have it made. See what I'm saying? And that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to come up higher. Just live by faith every day. Quit living by the natural. Cause trust me, there's enough going on in the natural to keep you discouraged. So he wants you to come up higher and live there and know that everything is taken care of. Before you even ask for it, it's taken care of. Amen? Before you even ask for it, it's taken care of. So he says, I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. For this reason, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go unto him. Jesus was not staying away from Judea because he was scared of nobody. You got me. He stayed away for a higher purpose. them Pharisees he'd been ducking that that dodging that bullet ever since he came on the scene. That was like a daily routine for them for for him to disguise his appearance, slip out from under them, whatever he needed to do. That was no problem. He knew he would lay his life down it would not be taken away from him. He was a prophet who was condemned to death, but he did not die like any other prophet died. You got me? His death was different. So it says here, oh, let us go. And then Thomas, the unbelieving Thomas, said unto his fellow disciples, let us go also that we may die with him. Okay, Thomas, see where you are on the day of his crucifixion. Just hold on a week or so. You have time to prove that too. Then when Jesus came, he found that he he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was near unto Jerusalem about 15 furlongs. Forget what that is. Somebody, It's in your your side thing, somebody. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Amen. So, so, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Amen. Here we got spiritual versus not as spiritual. Amen. Martha Martha has got something to say to Jesus. Amen. And he said, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So, put a circle around verse 21, because it's significant, amen? She says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know, even now, that whatever you ask of God, why don't you ask him, Martha? Why don't you ask him? See, this is the the purpose for the resurrection, is to increase their faith all the way around. These people don't have as much faith as they think they have. So Jesus is constantly teaching them how to believe, what to believe, how to stand in spite of what you see going on. That's what faith does. It does not train its eye on the natural. It's in the word. It's in the promise. It's in what God says. It's never in what in the visible realm. Amen. What God has. It's tucked away from, for us and hidden from the visible eye in the realm of glory. And it's best for us that it, 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 it's this way. Suppose you knew everything that was going on in the realm of the spirit all the time. You'd be a nervous wreck. You understand what I'm saying? Thank God we can live by faith. You could sleep every night. You can have peace knowing that God's bringing it to you. He heard you. You know, you don't have to say it over and over again. He heard you. When you thank him for it, you get that reassurance that God is working on it. It's on the way. It's manifesting now somewhere, amen, for your benefit. And you must trust God. You have to trust him working in the unseen realm. And so, so... she said, If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know even now, whatever you ask, God will give it. He said, he says, okay, well, your brother will rise again. And she goes hard nosed religious on him. Amen. She starts quoting him like she the rabbi. And I'm like, well Martha, just maybe he ought to sit down and you teach him at this point. Now this is how religion operates, folks. It's, it's divorced from the realm of the spirit. Religion don't even check in with the spirit one time to see what's going on. You got me? So here she had her, she had all her marbles on. He's got to get here at a certain time and heal my brother or it's all over with. Cause she says that if you had been here, he wouldn't have died like death is the final answer. Jesus is going to show them it's not. And he says your brother will rise again. I know he will. In the resurrection on the last day, he said, <clears throat> "Excuse me, Miss Martha. I am Huh? Um in my back pocket, I got a little bit of resurrection on me for your brother. Huh? I am whatever you need. See, once you contact Jesus, you, it, it's whatever. He, he am. He am the great I am. Amen. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He says, I got life in me. I got eternal life in me. I got power in me to raise him from the dead. And he says, he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said, yea, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. She's all of a sudden turned into a bot. <laughs> Amen. That's all she's got. That's what she gets for not sitting at his feet at the right time and being up doing stuff at the wrong time. That's what you get. Some people think that working the church work is everything. They don't have to listen to the word. They don't have to sit when the word is going forth. Amen? Just do. And she said to him, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way. Amen. She quoted all her familiar religious sayings to the Master. Then she said, well, let me get out of here and shut my mouth because I'm done. That's all I know. Amen. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The master has come and he wants you. Now he never told her that. Amen. She religious. She lied. Over her dead brother's grave. Instead of paying attention to the master. This shows you how much people pay attention to the word. How much there's Jesus walking amongst them all the time. And they cling to these old Religious sayings that they have and all that old stuff, trying to impress him with it all the time and he's never impressed. He's trying to teach you old wineskins about the new. And they see these sinners marching in, getting blessed and marching in, getting healed. Lepers with, with an ear falling off, got a new ear all of a sudden and they can't figure it out. It's got to do with what you believe in your heart. Are you deceived in your heart or do you believe in your heart? As soon as Mary heard that, she rose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus was not yet come into the town, but he was in the place where Martha had met him. Man, hanging back a little bit. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, and said, Oh, she's going to the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was, she saw him, she fell down at his feet, and she said. Same thing in verse 21. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. Why do you think he was troubled? You got death. You got unbelieving people. You got a sister that just told you all the religious stuff she knew, didn't know anything about who was standing in front of her. Even though she gave it lip service, how you like that? I know that even now, whatever you ask, and she still didn't want her brother raised from the dead. She didn't believe anything of what she was saying. So this is why Jesus was anxious to do it this way, to raise their level of faith. And yeah, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. But if, if, if he had been here, you'd be in the same condition you're in now as far as your faith is concerned. No faith. You got me? If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews and his spirit was troubled. Because of all of the work of faith that needed to be done on these people. Well, what troubled him? What made him marvel? Two things. Great faith and great unbelief. Amen. And and when he would retreat and go praying, guess what? He's probably groaning in the spirit then. Just to get himself back in the place where he could minister out faith again to these people and ask God to help God the Father to help their ears to be open this time so they can hear something. He's very burdened for the Jewish people because they ain't receiving hardly nothing. Sinners come up and (laughs) challenge him like the, the lady with the daughter, that daughter with the devil. She's like, I beg your pardon. I may be a dog, but I can add a crumbs off the table. She's ready to fight him for her daughter. And he says, for this saying, not for what you said before, he makes it clear what moves him. You got me? For this saying that you refuse to take no for an answer, that you refuse to consider that God considers other people superior to you. She'd been told that all her life. Jews are superior. God's chosen people. It, all the stuff that we were told till we understood who God really was and that he was the God of everybody. Amen? He loves everybody. He loves the whole world. That's how we got saved. Amen? And so, so here, this is repeated. If he had been here, my brother would not have died. No, if you had believed for him to hold on till he got there, he wouldn't have died. That's one level of faith. Come on now. Will Lord keep my brother alive until the Lord gets here? Keep him alive till he gets here. No, they all quit. Until they quit, because they came into agreement on their quitting. Well, it's over. Says, when therefore, Jesus saw her weeping, Jews also weeping, which came with her. He groaned in his spirit, was troubled, and said, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come and see. And he wept. Why? Because of their unbelief. Then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. They think he's part of the mourning party. Jesus said morning He's weeping for a different reason, folks. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Here's another one. So you've got all these people in agreement that it's too late for Lazarus. He's dead, it's over. Even though the resurrection and the life has shown up, Even though Jesus is here, you know, coming there is really a courtesy. He could have popped Lazarus out of that tomb from where he was. That would have shocked some people. But his purpose would not have been fulfilled. The reason God does things the way he does, he has a purpose behind doing everything the way he does. It's not done for convenience. It's not done. It's done for the purpose that he has. And so here we have all these people in agreement. It's too late for Lazarus. He's not coming out of that tomb. Sisters already said, boy, he's stinking already. Don't open that. Don't open that door. In other words, don't raise him up. Don't even try. Jesus, therefore, verse 38 groaning in himself, came to the grave. It was a cave, and the stone was laying on top of it. And he said, Take away the stone. Here's Martha again, with her two cents. She says, he says, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you, here we go, opening up deaf ears, causing blinded eyes to be able to see the word and see his power and see what he wants to do. Did I not say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. If you will believe, you will see. Then they took away the stone from the place Where the dead was laid and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you always hear me. He said, but because of the people which are standing here, I said it. He's teaching them something. Oh, well, you don't have to let people die to teach. Well, he did. Because he already said he wasn't dead. He's dead to them who are in unbelief. But he's alive to himself who is in life and who is in faith. Amen? Just depends on what you believe. That's how powerful faith is, folks. Jesus did not have one person standing around that grave that was in faith with him. He was the only one standing for Lazarus' resurrection. Amen? Right then, coming out of the tomb. He says, I know that you always hear me, but because of the people that stand by, I said it, that they may believe that you have sent me. In other words, they still don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Even though Martha said it with her mouth, she didn't believe it with her heart. Because if she had believed with her heart, Messiah was known to do miracles. He could do all things. And he loved Lazarus. Why wouldn't he want to see him alive? See, these things don't add up. If you believe God loves you, you believe he'll do anything to please you. He said, ask me anything in my name. I'll do it for you. Why do we always think there's something wrong if we don't get it right away when we want it or if it takes what we consider some time to do things? The first thing your mind will do is go off onto, well, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong with God ever. See, we think there's something wrong with us. We don't believe in faith righteousness all the time. Now, God will get us back over into faith where we are believing again. But so often we lapse over in that place and we start to believe that something is not right somewhere in us. And that's where Martha, Mary, and all these people were. Could not this man have, if he had gotten here before, my brother would not have died. Why didn't you get here earlier? That's what they really want to know. What's wrong with us that don't you love us? Don't you care? See, this is what's in the heart of the unbelieving people. There's doubt about what God thinks. There's doubt about his intention. There's doubt about how he feels about. We do it all the time. You get your mind over into something stupid and you come up with something stupid. Huh? (laughs) Then when God reminds you he loves you, you're all weepy and carrying on. Because you've been over in Stupid Town. With your thoughts, and he pulls you back over into the realm where he is. Come on over here. Let me hug you a little bit. Let me show you. You've been off in La La Land again. And he says, he he says here that they may believe that you have sent me. Just the basics about who Jesus was they didn't believe. Too busy believing the religion, believing in the natural, trying to have a few scriptures to quote to impress him like Martha did. Amen. The only one who was really kind of halfway paying attention was Mary. You got me? And she's weeping and crying and, you know, wiping his feet all the time. She couldn't help herself. He was precious to her. Everybody else is considering when Jesus stopped the sea from rolling over on them, they looked and said, what kind of man is this? They didn't believe. He's doing all this stuff and they still don't believe. So he's doing things he has to do to raise their faith level. Verse 43, when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. So he's probably hopping out of there like a little mummy. A mummy. He came out. Now, how could he do that much? How could he do that much wrapped up? Mm. I am the resurrection power. See, it's on him. He's able to do whatever resurrection power tells him to do. You got me? He came out of that too. Amen? Why couldn't he unwrap himself if he came out in resurrection power? Well, he probably could. He probably could have come out with the, the stone exploding off the door. Resurrection power can do that too. So it's discreet and specific as well as all powerful. So Jesus can control it to do as much as he wants it to do. He doesn't have to control it. Why does he want them people to touch that dead, four day dead man? not only that but so that they could know what it's like to be dead and be raised again they would have a testimony to tell and no uh -uh, this was the same uh, this was this ain't a fake Lazarus he really did die because we took them clothes off and it those clothes were stinking but his flesh was alive underneath you got me You need, and if you're gonna believe, you gotta do the whole job. You gotta walk through the whole thing the way God tells you to walk through. That's why a lot of times we don't get our instant everything we want, like boiling water in the microwave. Some things you need to walk through. The other thing is an example to believers. That people, when they come out of the tomb of the world, they need help getting the world off of them. We're all wrapped in grave clothes when we're saved. Some of us couldn't believe that we hadn't smoked a joint in 10 days. Well, we couldn't go almost a day without going through everybody, eight, every uh ashtray. Oh, Lord, don't let somebody dump the ashtray by mistake. My roach was in there. Now you got to go through the waste baskets and the garbage cans trying to find your roach. You couldn't go 10 days without smoking a roach of a joint. I worked in the hospital. I, my husband smoked. I didn't. I couldn't stand this. I was part psychotic sometimes anyway. I, a little bit would take me way over the edge. I didn't mess with that. Mess with that kind of stuff. But I would sometimes I'd leave, you know, you put instruments in your pocket when you're at work and I would leave them, you know, in my pockets and I noticed when I went to get my uniform the next day or to put in the laundry, my hemostats were missing. Right. Y'all, I don't even have to tell you the rest of the story. We got a $45 roach clip. And he liked the covered ones, the ones we put the rubber tips on the ends of them, your homemade rubber tips in the hospital. I like them better. So you stay away from that stuff. (laughs) Get my stuff back. All right, why don't we stop? Well, Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding that comes with your word. Yeah, bite on that for the rest of the afternoon. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the resurrection and the life. When you raise us up, you put life back in us. A new kind of life. So we thank you for that, Father. Thank you that Lazarus had that new kind of life in him. Made him dangerous. And we're dangerous too. So we thank you for that, Lord. And we bless you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God.